Just Being Honest, the JBH Podcast. Let's rock this. True food, full thought. Today's podcast of the Just Being Honest podcast is brought to you by, and probably sponsored by, Sun Potion Transformational Foods. Guys, every morning I've been whipping up in my high-speed, high-powered blender a mix of something that's really doing my mind and body some goodness. My uh, special concoction is yin powder. Yin power, it's a special formulation for women with superpowers. Cha-ching! That's me, and I mix in a little lion's mane adaptogen powder as well. So that helps all boost my immunities, cultivates my creative energy, balances my hormone levels, gives me some more mental clarity, stress relief, cellular regeneration, radiance, healthy circulation, emotional equilibrium, and boosts my libido. Just to name a few. But Sun Potion is literally one of my favorite brands. I've been using them for a while now. I hope you were able to listen to my podcast interview with Scott Lindy, the founder. Sun Potion Transformational Foods, they just want you to feel amazing. But today's show is all about, yeah, feeling amazing. And our guest today, his name is Khalil. He went from cocaine to cacao, from heroin to hemp seed, and from Skid Row to Sun Life Organics. My guest today, it's seriously brought me to tears a couple of times, so stay with me. He's the author of an amazing book that you've got to pick up called I Forgot to Die. He's the creator of many different businesses, but one that you may be familiar with called Sun Life Organics. I'm not going to give too much away because I want to hear you. I want you to hear this transformational story. Transformational. He literally died in his life. And I'm not kidding you when I say this. He died. But now he's back and he's living more vibrantly than ever. And he's giving back. So stay tuned. Turn up the volume. I cannot wait to share this story with you all. Right? Here goes. On to the show. Hi, guys. This is your host, KB, and this is the uh, Just Being Honest podcast. We have an I know, I'm really excited. <laughs> My guest is looking at me like, what in the world is she on? Like helium balloons? Yeah. It is, um, it's because I'm really excited to have my guest here today. Uh, we have a lot of time to talk to, we're going to talk for, for about three days straight. We're just talking <laughs> about how long certain podcasts are. No, just kidding. So I have my guest here. I'm going to give him a little introduction, then he's going to introduce himself further. We have Khalil Rafati here. I'm going to say that with a little flair. He is the author of I Forgot to Die. And he's also the founder, the creator, the mastermind behind Sun Life Organics, which I will rem I seriously, you probably don't remember Khalil, 
but I remember the day I met you when you were opening up the store here in South Bay, and I was probably walking that little dog over there, and I was like, what is this? There's no place like this around here. And I'm that health nut that walks around town that gets super excited about... Oh my God, I do yes. remember. Yes. I was with me. Brad. I, was I thought you were in high school. Yeah, I still look like I'm in high school, and I'm going to oh be 31 in about less than a month. But I totally remember that, and I, and when you walked out, he was like, "How old do you think she is?" I'm like, "She's like 16." Yeah, for sure. Just got my driver's license. I wish. And you're 31. Yeah, almost. And that, let's not rush it here. Whoa. But anyways, welcome to the JBH podcast. Thank I you. seriously cannot thank you enough for coming all this way from. You guys were in Malibu. You were in Malibu, yeah. Woo! How was that traffic getting down the hill? It was hill? fine. It was totally fine. I'm so used to it by now because I have eight locations and soon to be ten locations and of Sun Life. And um, I just drive all the time. I mean, I I will I will uh, make jokes about people driving and stuff like that, and sometimes get a little bit upset. But I mean, it is what it is. If you want to live in LA and you want you know to have access to everything that we have access to, um, you know, because no one's holding a gun to my head, I could certainly move to Montana tomorrow. But I don't know. I feel like I would be bored out of my mind. Yeah, I think you would probably start walking in circles. Yes. You'd be like, how many times can I swim back and forth on this lake? Yeah. Um, I totally agree. And that's the thing. It's like a love-hate relationship in LA. And we won't get too much on a tangent with that. But I was talking to my second cousin about that last night. Like, my dad hasn't visited me since I've lived out here because he hates LA. He yeah. hates the traffic. He loves mountains. And I'm like, you just time it. It's all about timing. It's all about time management and just breathing yeah. through everything. So... Okay, introduce yourself a little bit. Um, as I just kind of said, you are the author of this wonderful book in front of me called I Forgot to Die. And um, gosh, it almost like brings me to tears just like looking at the photo of you on the book. Yeah. And looking at you now and how vibrant and like I can see it in your eyes Thank right you. now. How clear-minded you are. Thank you. And like you. your soul. Yeah. That's a brutal picture and I was advised by a lot of people not to use that picture because for those of you that haven't seen, I would imagine most of you haven't seen the cover of the book, it's a picture of me at 109 pounds. I'm currently 161 pounds um, and thin, um, I would say. Um, but anyway, 50 pounds lighter, my teeth were falling out of my head, I had open sores all over my face, um, track marks up and down my arms and my legs, I had scabies, I had ringworm, um, there was chunks of my hair that was missing from me pulling my hair out in a psychotic state. It's a very, very, it's a, it's a graphic picture, and there's some pictures on the inside as well that are, that are pretty brutal. Um, I did it intentionally, even though I was advised not to put that picture on the book. Um, and if you guys want to look at it, you can go to Amazon and you can just, you know, put in Khalil Rafati or you can put in I Forgot to Die and it'll pop right up. Um, those are the good pictures. You got to mm -hmm. go back to the beginning. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> oh, you did. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I did it intentionally just because the whole selfie thing was really, really taking off like three years ago and people were becoming so obsessed with taking 200 pictures of themselves and using different filters and, you know, Snapchat had just come out at that time. And it just seemed so weird to me. Um, and I thought, I'm going to do the anti-selfie. I'm going to do, I'm going to take the worst picture ever taken of me and I'm going to put it on the cover of my book. And I, I want people to understand that no matter how bad they got or how far down the scale they've gone, that they can change. And not just change kind of, sort of, but change in such 
a profound way that they will, after a short period of time, look in the mirror and not even recognize themselves. And, yeah. and, and I don't even mean, you know, health-wise. I mean, you know, like you said, when I look, in the, when I, when I look at myself in the mirror now, I, I often catch myself smiling, which is really unusual because, you know, for 33 years of my life, I, I would just, I would hate myself. I would look in the mirror if I could even stand to look at myself and just, and just hate myself. Um, so anyway, yeah, Khalil Rafati, uh, owner of Sunlife Organics, founder of Sunlife Organics, along with my amazing partner, Haley Gorsey, um, who really took my dream and my vision and my, my fantasy of owning a little mom and pop juice bar, taking it completely to fruition. So Haley's the same age as you mm-hmm. and, um, and she's a saint and without her, we wouldn't have Sunlife Organics. So I always try to give her a little props whenever I'm doing this stuff, because when we first started getting all this incredible press, she literally said, you, you need it, you take the credit, I'm cool. And I'm like, New York Times is interviewing me, like you don't wanna be in the New York Times? And she's like, honestly, you take it. Yeah, that, that's how amazing of a, of a human being Haley is. And um, so we, uh, we started Sun Life Organics together. I also own a place called Malibu Beach Yoga in Malibu, obviously it's a yoga studio. Um, I really, really love it. It's an incredible little studio. Um, yes, I wrote the book, I Forgot to Die. I'm working on a second book now called The Magic of Change, which should be out mm. next year. And um, I'm also the founder and creator of a place called Riviera Recovery, which is wow. a, a recovery place for drug addicts and alcoholics. Um, and where's that located? That's in Malibu as well, cool. yeah. So, um, and um, yeah, I'm just one of those lucky, lucky recipients of the grace of God and, and great luck. And um, I have the, the work ethic of an ox um, due to my parents. But my mother came from Poland and my father came from Palestine. And so I just have this incredible work ethic which allowed me to um, go from being a, a penniless, homeless, 109-pound junkie living under a bridge, uh, convicted felon, high school dropout, um, pretty much everything against me at 33 years old to now 48 years old, uh, 50 pounds heavier. And um, I think by most people's standards, in- incredibly successful. And I'm not embarrassed to say that or afraid to say that. And I don't, I don't feel like I'm bragging when I say that. It's just, it's just, it's just a fact. Yeah. I mean, we've created, we've created a, a small empire with Sun Life Organics and Riviera Recovery has helped so many people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the book, which is just, you know, it's just a little memoir. It's just like a little Cinderella story. I had no idea it was going to take off the way that it did um, and get the reviews that it's gotten. And now I'm, you know, got contacted by a major publisher and a major book agent to do the second book. So life is, is pretty amazing. I've gone through some ups and downs, obviously. Um, I've dealt with some major challenges recently. Um, you know, some personal things, just stuff with my mom and her health and her getting older and stuff like that. So, you know, life is not always, I'm not, I'm not getting out of bed every morning and doing backflips. I mean, I still get up and feel anxious and insecure. And I, I deal with, you know, a lot of the same issues that I dealt with my whole life, just to a lesser degree. Mm-hmm. Um, sobriety, health, wellness, success, let's be honest, money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot easier for me to meditate now with money in the bank than it was when I was broke wondering where my next meal was going to come from. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to pray 
right? Yeah. And have faith when... And say, I'm grateful for. Yes. When, yeah. when, and, and then the irony of that is the more you say, I'm grateful for, the more you pray, the more you meditate, then the more great stuff that happens. Crazy. And that's just, I never wanted to believe that because I wanted to stay in self-pity and stay in victimhood and believe that the world had dealt me or God had dealt me, uh, you know, a bad hand of cards. And it's, it's just not true. Yeah. You know what? It's so true in the fact when you were just saying the more you're grateful for something, the more that you kind of like repeat those mantras, the more that you look in the mirror and say, I love myself. I yeah. really, really love myself. I look amazing. I look healthy. I look successful. Those are the vibrations that you're going to totally overflow, spill out there. Other people are going to see that. They're going to, the like vibrations are going to totally bounce back to you. You know this. Yeah. You know, I see it in your stores too. Like, I see it in the um, the the gemstones. Um, gosh, I'm losing it. The rocks. The big giant the amethysts. And, yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's the same thing. The cuts of those angles are the same representation I see as a human being. Yeah. Right? So now stay with me. Every human being has multiple sides, multiple cuts, multiple views mm -hmm. on them. So it depends on how you look at the person, what type of reflection you're going to get back at them, uh, right. from them, what type of vibration. Right. And those stones, those are very powerful. I was in there the other day with a friend, and I was just thinking to myself, because you know when you cleanse your stones, you know, during a full moon, a new moon, yep. there's a lot of energy in those stones. They oh, keep yeah. a lot of stuff in. I was telling her, I was saying, I wonder, you know, a lot of people come in here. I was like, oh, I wonder, like, how many stories are in that giant amethyst? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I wonder if you go over there, if you could just feel it. I do. And, I, and you know, people from time to time will buy those from me. I mean, they're really, really expensive. No but, kidding. You know, but people will... Just insist on. I don't know if you noticed the one on the table that was yes. there forever. That one's gone now. Uh, we replaced it with another amazing mm -hmm. one. But people will buy them from time to time, and they'll they'll make all kinds of claims that it brought them so much healing and so much energy and so much peace and love and tranquility. And I mean, you've got these stones that are are you know collecting this energy and magnifying this energy, and uh, they're in this place where all of these vibrant youthful, healthy, beautiful, amazing people are coming in to commune every day and to break bread every day. Metaphorically, we don't serve bread, but you know what I mean? <laughs> to come in there and, you know, share a meal with somebody. And it's really a meeting place of happiness. And, and if you see the words love, heal, and inspire when you walk in the door on, on every wall of every Sun Life Organics, um, that energy gets stored in those stones. And so when people come in, they feel it. And, um, and sometimes people are lucky enough to actually take one of those home with them and, and they feel it in their home as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. Some people think it's crazy, but like the moon affects your guys's cycle, right? It yeah. affects the crime rate. Moves. It affects, it affects the tide. It affects, that's a rock. Mm -hmm. That's just an ugly rock floating around in our, in our orbit. Right. And then the planets affect you know when mercury goes into retrograde like now and all everyone's feeling all weird and all that stuff well if those rocks are going to affect what's going on with us then certainly these beautiful incredible gems that were brought from the belly of this beautiful mother earth and put into you know those stores 
Um, I, they, they affect me. I mean, I have them everywhere. If you yeah. saw the inside of my apartment, you would yeah. call the police. I mean, it's like what crazy. Yeah. There's, <laughs> you've seen it. There's crystals everywhere. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it. Well, and also the other thing I kind of went in, I'm, I'm getting tangent here, but we're, we're on the same topic. So going into, um, a, um, a Sun Life Organics, you know, establishment, People are going in. They're reading the the, the mantra. Let's mm-hmm. just say they're seeing what it says. Psalm, mm-hmm. Psalm. Yeah, Psalm one hundred three, one through five. Okay, yeah. and that's um, which which one is that? I think it's basically if you seek God with all your heart, He will make you new again. He will crown your head with love. Yes. Yeah, yes. which is my personal story, and you know, mm-hmm. lots of people are like, "Oh, that's a Christian store." Like, I mean, okay, if that's what people want to believe, that that's fine. I wouldn't call it a Christian store. And then there's always a mezizah on the doors when you walk in. And so some people are like, oh, that's a Jewish store. And again, if that's what makes you happy to believe that, but no, it's, it's... It's a it's, place of unity. Yeah, it's everyone's store. It's not, it's not exclusive. It's inclusive. Exactly. All inclusive. And what you were saying is people of... Um, I really wanted to touch on this because... You said people of health and vibrancy and like just all these clean people are walking in there getting their stuff. Yes, that's true. But when I the clients that I work with, the the Monday the Monday starters I call them. Yeah. I'll start on Monday. You know, yeah. your diet or whatever. Your um, sun life is also a place of hope. Yeah. Because it's yeah. the people that say that you know started their workout regimens with I want to go get my green juice or whatever. It's our place of hope. It's yeah. saying, like, keep me on track, guys. And plus, your customer service there is impeccable. It's Thank amazing. You. People are jamming. They're like, hey, They're you know, happy. what can I help you with? You know, yeah. and stuff like that. It's an exciting place. It really is a colorful place. And I'm big on vibes. I can walk into a place and be like, whoa. You know, like, yeah. I can feel it or I, I, I cannot, you know, depending on lighting. It's a really happy place. So I give you, like, Bravo. Thank you. I mean, and, and, you know, it was, it was all intentional. I mean, we do have a pretty rigorous training program, but we very specifically, we take our time hiring people and we want people in there that are healthy, that are happy, that are vibrant, that are full of life, that, that love to serve. And the reason for that, and that was thought about long before we ever opened, years before we ever opened, um, I was doing a lot of reading. I was reading a lot of Krishnamurti, uh, Paramahansa Yogananda, um, Prem Rawat, all of those guys, all of the, the, the great so-called masters, I don't know if they were masters because I wasn't around then, but all of the so-called masters all made mention of one thing, uh, which was be very, very careful who's preparing your food because you're eating their energy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just like, that tripped me out because then I would go to restaurants, even right restaurants that I liked, and I would look in the back and I would see these poor people with hairnets on that were so miserable and so hot and so sweaty. And so that's why we intentionally put all of the food, food prep right out into the open where it was going to be air conditioning and where they would be happy. And we really tend to do our best to hire local people, mm-hmm. you know, and we work with a lot of kids because I really feel like that's my gift is um, not that we wouldn't hire someone that's not a kid, but it seems like smoothie shop, juice bar, that's something that a 16-year-old wants to do or a 26-year-old wants to do. We don't get a whole lot of people coming in that are 46 or 56 mm-hmm. applying for that job, um, which is fine because I love modeling for them what a healthy 
clean and sober, active lifestyle. Yeah. And, and we get to teach them a work ethic and, 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 you know, Sun Life Organics is a drug and alcohol free environment. Mm -hmm. That's, that's something that we make very apparent when we're talking to anybody that we're interviewing. So, um, and that's, that's been challenging, you know, particularly, um, the day and age of CBD. Um, CBD, we don't care about as long as there's no THC in it. Exactly. Um, I don't want kids smoking weed and coming into work. I don't no. want kids oh, talking about, legal. yeah, I don't want kids talking about smoking weed or coming in hungover or coming in with their makeup smeared the next morning. I mean, we've, we've had to let people go over and over again because of, you know, it's, we're mostly in beach communities mm -hmm. and quote unquote partying is very popular at, at young ages. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it is what it is. They can, they can do that at other places. That's not, that's not who we are and that's not what we do. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, that's just that's pretty much it with that. So, do you mind if I kind of go back in time a little bit? Of course, go ahead. All right. So, are you the only child? I am. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, all eyes are on you. Yeah. Oh gosh, with yeah. a Polish mother and a Palestine. You said your father was from Palestine. Yes. Wow. Um, I was your household strict. Um, it was very, it was violent. It was a war zone. It was not a safe place. There was a lot of violence. There was a lot of abuse, mental, physical, sexual. Um, it was uh, a really dark, dark place. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, so you're the only child. Spotlight's on you. You see everything that happens. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, torment basically yeah. going on, a lot yeah. of trauma. Um, you were in a war zone Yeah. Um, from what I see. Um so obviously, at a very young age, there was this link in of uh, addiction, mm -hmm. of um, self mutilization. Mm -hmm. um, was it both your mother and your father that were kind of like guiding this um, abusiveness, or yeah, my father was the violent one coming from his background. Um, that's just sort of how things went where he was from. And then my mother was a, an enabler and a caretaker. Mm. Um, and there was also a lot of neglect going on because while I was being sexually abused and I was going to her for help, or, you know, to stop it, um, she just made excuses and, and brushed it off and, and left me, you know, left me alone a lot. And, and uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. It was, it was, they did a really awful job. Um, I mean, I'm glad they came together for the brief period that they did, and I'm glad they had me because I really love this life, every moment of it. But um, they really had no business being parents. They didn't know how to be parents. They they did the best that they that they could, considering their backgrounds. Um, and I love them dearly, and I forgive them many many times over, and I'm grateful for both of them. My father, I don't speak to at all. We don't have any type of relationship, but I love him dearly and, you know, think about him and pray for him. And um, my mother, we just got off the phone with my mom. I talk to my mom all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I went out of my way. The first thing I did when I got money was um, I sent her back to Poland because she hadn't been back to Poland in 41 years. And I sent her on a couple really nice vacations. Then I made a little bit more money. And, uh, and I bought her a house. I put a down payment on a house for her. So I've taken care of her for the last 14 years. Um, and uh, we've got a pretty good relationship. So are your parents still together? God, no. I was going to say. God, I was, no. I was like, drag her away. No, like, no. give her away. No, no, no. She, he finally left when I was like 
seven, I think, six or seven years old, he left, wow. thank God, yeah. So so this torment started at a very young age with you. Yes. Um, and so you, you remember this in full color. I do, yeah. I have a memory like an elephant. Wow. Yeah. Good Lord. So I can't, I can't remember if I ran yesterday or the day before, but I can remember like, yeah, I can remember like stuff that I wore to, to in fifth grade, you know, I can remember my velour like rugby's and I can remember, yeah, I, I have a memory like an elephant, fortunately and oh, unfortunately yeah. for writing a book. It was incredible yeah. for coping with my reality and dealing with epigenetic imprinting and trying to have healthy relationships when I was a young man, it was a nightmare because everything was a threat to me, mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't trust anybody. And I was always terrified that every girl I was ever with was going to leave me and abandon me. So I would, I would cheat and I would, you know, say things that I shouldn't have said to try to protect myself from the ultimate and inevitable abandonment that was going to take place, mm -hmm. which is so sad if you think about it, because as I learned when I sobered up from my sponsor, like if you, if you want someone to stay, tell them you love them and treat them well and, um, and don't cheat on them and don't call them names. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't learn that until I was like literally 34 years old. So you had no leader. No, I had no, no model, no role model, no, no healthy role models growing up. Um, but you know, I mean, it all turned out pretty amazing. But the thing is, okay, so you grew up in... Uh, Toledo. Uh, yeah, Toledo, Toledo Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. So I'm from the Midwest, so I get it. Like, when you're from a place, it's like... And we were just talking about how L.A. has so much to offer. There's so yeah. much to do. There's so much to see. So many unique people and diversity. And you seem like a very, very intelligent person and very colorful, creative. And, you know, places like that, like, just Midwest upbringing, it could be very claustrophobic yeah. for the outgoing butterfly. Yeah. You know? The outgoing butterfly where I'm from got squashed. Yeah. Got put into the janitor's room to eat lunch and got put in, you know, wasn't allowed to go out to recess with the other kids and was constantly being paddled and having my knuckles spanked with rulers. I went to all Jesuit private schools when I was a kid. Um, Catholic, Jesuit. It's like the strictest form of Catholicism. And... Um, yeah, I, did, I didn't fare well in the Midwest. Now, having said that, the greatest people on the planet live in the Midwest. The nicest, kindest. Oh, I, I mean, yeah. I, I love, my, my mom's neighbor is, is just a saint. And, and, you know, she, my mom had a stroke a couple of years ago, didn't tell anybody, and then slowly deteriorated mentally to the point where she ended up getting into a car accident and became disoriented and couldn't find her way back home. And her neighbor, and I was in Europe, and her neighbor literally handled everything like took my mom to the hospital stayed with her at the hospital took her home helped me get her in-home care which that was a nightmare because my mother you know was like what are these strangers doing in my house and she's like swinging her cane at them and oh. slamming the door in their face and then one of them called a social worker and i mean i i went through the last three months was so challenging and we, you know, my mom and I don't have a good relationship in person. Over the phone or when I'm writing checks for everything, I'm really good at it. I can send money and throw money at issues, but we just don't, we don't get along. My, my mm -hmm. father and I definitely do not get along, mm -hmm. but me and my mom have never had a really good relationship in person. So if I were to go back there, it would have made matters 10 times worse. 
but what was I supposed to do? Who was I supposed to lean on? And this neighbor, this lady named Carmela and her husband took care of her like as if it were their mother, mm-hmm. right? And like did everything for her and they grocery shopped for her and they took her to her doctor's appointments. Ultimately, we had to put her into a home because she just would not stop being combative. And they did all of that. Every time I said, well, I, you know, I need to get on the next plane and come out there. And she would just say, Khalil, please, we got this, relax. And I'm like, well, let me send you money. And she would like get offended mm. that I was, and they don't have money. They're not, these are not rich people, you know? Mm. It's a really nice neighborhood that I bought my mom the house in, but they're, they're working class folks. Mm. They're middle class folks. And, um, and she calls me every day. She texts me every day. Her neighbor, I'm talking about, mm-hmm. calls me and texts me every single day, gives me progress reports, like has done everything. And that's, that's a Midwesterner for you. They're, um, they're the kindest, most amazing human beings on the planet. But as you said, for someone, I love the butterfly analogy too, but as, as you said, um, it's just not it's not conducive to someone who is really really driven and really really creative and if someone out there is listening to us and they do live in the midwest and they do feel stifled go leave try it yeah get in your car and go somewhere go to new york go to florida go to miami go to you know san diego go to wherever and go go find your cocoon and and go inward and and evolve and, and come out and be a butterfly yeah because you know what there's only one way to know, and that's to try. And and I always tell people, you can always go back. Yeah. It's still gonna be there. Yeah. You know, and and gosh, I've actually come out to California about three times, tried to live here, and you know, it can be hard. The very first times that you come here, it can really kick you in the butt and say, get out, get out, get out. Yeah. You have to keep on going, and you have to literally open your up, open up your heart. To God or whoever you believe in, whatever yeah. spiritual higher power, um, you have to like release that control. Yeah. Put your head down and just say, this is a part of the path that I'm supposed to go to. And unfortunately, some are harder than others. Um, like you, you had to unfortunately go through those substance abuse addictions. Yeah. Um, when, when did that start? I mean, I was drinking and smoking weed at 10, 12 years old, 13 years old, pills. and But for the most part, I cruised. I was a functioning addict, functioning alcoholic for many, many years. So you had that genetic link, I mean. I think so, yeah. yeah. I don't know because I don't know my grandparents. Um, I met my grandmother a couple, on my dad's side, I met her a small handful of times, but she did not speak English and I don't speak Arabic. So I don't know what was going on. My guess is there was alcoholism in in the family on both sides. But um, I was functioning. It wasn't until the hard drugs were introduced to me. It wasn't until I started messing around at raves and stuff and taking the ecstasy and, you know, MDMA and CBD, DMT, uh, not CBD, sorry, DMT. I'm getting my drugs confused. Um, uh, The mushrooms, the acid, all that stuff. I really took to it because, you know, some of those drugs do make you feel incredible. I mean, ecstasy is named ecstasy or MDMA is named ecstasy for a reason. It makes you feel ecstatic. It it unnaturally raises your serotonin levels to such high extremes that you can have a paradigm shift and it can be used in a therapeutic setting to treat things like um, PTSD and depression and all that stuff. 
But someone like me with an addictive personality, it's not for me. And I took it like candy. I mean, I took it nonstop and I fried my adrenals. I fried my everything um, to the point where when the hard, hard drug showed up, the heroin and the coke and the crack and all that, I just dove in head first. Yeah, it's like the whipped cream in your mouth. Yep, head first. Just, I mean, I could not... I could not get enough heroin and cocaine into a spoon and into my veins fast enough because it was just the ultimate oblivion that I ultimately ended up needing because I just wanted to blot out my existence and, and not exist anymore. You had some scars that were basically opening up from your childhood, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but beyond that, I mean, I kind of understand a spiral down effect that's kind of been happening. Did all the hard drugs, did they start happening when you were in Ohio? Or how did you get to L.A.? Like, that's what I always want to know. When people are not from here, like, how would you get here? I did the same thing you did. I came out here when I was 17, and I immediately went back with my tail between my legs. And then I came back when I was 22, and I made it until I was 24 or 25, and I got into a huge amount of trouble with... um, this part is not in the book. <laughs> um, I got into a huge amount of trouble with a, let's just say, uh, underworld political... Uh, Authoritative figure? Yes. Not someone that you would want to get in trouble with. Oh. Some Someone who I definitely uh, should not have been running around with his daughter. Okay. And I was. And... Uh, I was tracked down. I had a gun put to my head and I was told that I should disappear or that they were going to make me disappear. And um, so I did. I immediately stashed my car in the weeds up in Carbon Canyon and I had a friend take me to the airport and I went back to Ohio and I gave up. So that was 17 I came out, 22 I came out, 24, 25 I went back home. I was there for about three months and I had given up. I was asking my old boss if I could have a job waiting tables. And this part is in the book. Um, He invited me to come have pizza with him after work. And we sat down to have pizza and he ordered the pizza and he was sitting across from me and he pulled out just a pile of cash in hundreds and fifties and maybe there were some twenties mixed in there. And he slammed it down the table and he said, get the F out of here. And I'm like, what? He's like, get out of here. Go back and don't ever come back here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I love this guy like a dad. I mean, I looked up to this guy. I wanted this guy's approval. And he said, this is not a loan. I'm giving you this money. Get out of here and leave tomorrow and don't ever come back. And it hurt, but... Because he saw you had a problem. He didn't want me to end up like him. He didn't want wow. me to end up stuck in the Midwest for the rest of my life. Got it. Yeah. And uh, and we talk all the time now. Uh, his name is Gus Nicolaitis. Wow. He's an amazing, amazing man. And um, so I did. The next day I got out of there and I came back out. And, um, and it was really rough. I mean, it was really, really rough. Um, and then it got rougher. And then it got rougher. And then it got rougher. Um, it wasn't until my early 30s, I was 33, when I bottomed out and surrendered and uh, rehab, sober living, halfway house, then, you know, living at someone's house, living at a, three or four different people's houses on sofas and on the floor. That was 33, 34 years old. Um, 
35 was when I got my first real job. And what was that? Um, working at a rehab called The Canyon. That was the only job I could get, being a convicted felon and being a high school mm -hmm. dropout. And then um, the guy that owned the place and the guy that ran the place just, I don't know, they saw something in me. Um, the one guy called me a rainmaker and a producer. And he's like, you, you make things happen. It's, it's interesting because I don't even know if, if he would remember or if he thought about it at the time. But you never know how profound your words are going to, how profoundly your words are going to affect somebody. Because mm -hmm. when this rich ass dude told me that I was going to be super successful and that I was a rainmaker and a producer, uh, it changed me. It, it really changed me. And, um, and I, I, you know, I got a little vocational training. I got, I got certified to be an interventionist and I became a sober companion. Eventually, ultimately started Riviera Recovery. Um, I was always super paranoid about money and running out of money and becoming homeless again. So I would go and buy gold and silver because I knew I wouldn't spend it. I couldn't spend it, right? So I would just shove it into a safety deposit box and pretend like it, it wasn't there. And um, not because I was smart, but it just happened that gold and silver quadrupled in value over the next five years. And one day I went to that safety deposit box and it was like a quarter of a million dollars wow. in silver and gold. I mean, it was so crazy to go from penniless and homeless and not able to feed myself to being, by my standards, rich. I know people that live around here wouldn't consider a couple hundred thousand rich, but I was rich and I knew, I, I felt rich and I was, I now believed what those men told me. And there was other people along the way um, Rick Caruso, Fred Siegel, um, there was, there was these guys that cool. would just, they would always want to like, tell me like, you're going to do great things. And you know, you're such a great guy. And like, that was not stuff that I was used to hearing. And, um, I got into a lot of self-help stuff and, you know, mantras and walking gratitude lists. Like we were talking about in the beginning, I used to do a lot of these daily, like Tony Robbins stuff where you would do these walking gratitude lists. Thank you, God, for my perfect health. Thank you, God, for this massive abundance and prosperity flowing free, freely to me now. Thank you, God, for the success that's heading my way. Like, I don't, you know, sometimes I think I'm so naive and, and, and this is going to sound strange, but innocent in a way that I believe that stuff to be true. And I think if you really believe something to be true, it's true, whether whether you like it or not. Like you can manifest anything. Yes, like there's that saying: if you believe you can, you can. If you believe you can't, you can't. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that was so stupid when I was, you know, this is 10, 12 years ago. But it's the truth. Somehow, those guys encouraging me, the gold and silver accidentally going up, you know, the way that it did. People like Cindy Landon this lady that lived in Malibu who was letting me walk her dogs because that was another job that, you know, I couldn't, hey, I couldn't get it. Yeah. I, I loved it. Yeah. Well, because they, Best. well, You're yeah. Unconditional cause, too. Cause they love you unconditionally. Right. And they, they want to lick you and they want to be near you and they want you to hold them, whether you are wearing perfume or cologne or whether you brushed your teeth or whether you, they just love you. Anyway, Cindy Landon, let me walk her dogs. And this other guy named Lou Gossett Jr. Let me walk his dogs. And, and I think like all of it, like the dogs loving me, those kind men giving me those compliments and encouraging me, 
um, the universe kind of conspiring with me because I was making an effort. Like, I don't think that you can just sit on your sofa and manifest a private jet ride because you want to post that on Instagram. But I think you can sit on your sofa for 20 minutes with your eyes closed and quiet your mind and visualize whatever it is you want, whether that's a private jet ride or a fancy car or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And then you got to go out and work. Well, the thing is, visualization creates, you know, uh, implementation. Yes. Is that right? Yes. So it's almost like you're thinking about Teslas all the time or something. Yeah. And then you... That's all you. That's all you're seeing. That's all right. you're seeing, and then it becomes more and more and more that you're like, oh, you know, now I've had enough money saved up. I'm gonna get a Tesla. Right. You know, right. that's how it happened. Right. You know, and like but you gotta work. You've gotta work. You gotta exactly. work. Exactly. Saved up money. You, yeah. you know. But the thing is also like you being a producer, being a rainmaker, and stuff like that. And you are making the analogy about like people in this particular beach area thinking, you know, like their stuff that, you know, is out there for everyone to see, it looks like a lot of money. But internally, they may not be wealthy. Okay, so yeah. stick with me. You may not have had a lot of stuff, yeah. but you are so wealthy because you already held your abundance right. within you. Therefore, you had so much power, and you still have so much power, you know, with that innocence that, you know, stuff is just stuff. Yeah. But, like, holding the power of the abundance, that's your wealth. You know. Yeah, and the you know the other strange thing that I think about often is when I was working for all these rich people in Malibu and walking their dogs. There's a couple different things going on there. I was away from people in society and cell phones and Facebook, and I was in the mountains walking these dogs or at the beach walking these dogs. I was getting in the ocean seven days a week. I was going on walks, even if it were raining, because I had to. It was my job. Yeah. I was going on walks and hikes up in these mountains because, you know, they were, well, there was two big giant black labs in particular that would take me on these hikes and practically yank my shoulder out of its socket. Sounds like a dream for me. It was, it was incredible. But so I started getting in really good shape. I was absorbing all the negative ions of the ocean. I didn't know that at the time, obviously. At the time, I was still like smoking cigarettes and drinking Coca-Cola mm -hmm. and eating, you know, Rubens every day for lunch. Um, I was pretty still pretty ignorant and as far as health and wellness goes. But back to what I was saying, I was absorbing the negative ions of the ocean. I was, I was getting grounded whether I Earthing. knew it or not. Earthing, yeah. yeah, there you go. My bare feet were touching the ground every day. I was absorbing all of that chi energy or whatever it's called from the trees and the mountains and breathing that fresh air. And so when I got around all, all the other people, I think they felt something coming from me that I didn't even know that I possessed. And it was an inner peace and an inner happiness. And when you, uh, I can't think of the guy's name. It's such a great saying. Um, I think he died recently. Um, bald guy. Come on, come on. Um, big, giant, bald guy. Helps so many people. He said, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Ooh, yeah, if that. you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Wow. And it sounds all like it's a part of a poem or whatever. No, it's reality. Because I went from, you know, a year sober, clean sober, whatever you want to call it. I went from walking around going, if I saw a couple, I'm never going to have that. If I saw a fancy house, um, 
Wayne Dyer. Thank you. Yes. That was Wayne Dyer. Oh, God, so, Wayne. So I would walk around Malibu, and I would see a hot girl and a hot guy, and I'd be like, I'll never have that. I would see a nice car, and I'd be like, I would never have that. And I would see a fancy house, and I would be like, I'm never going to be able to afford to buy a house. So you're putting that vibrational energy out there. So, right. So if you think you can't, you can't, exactly. right? So I went from that to now all of a sudden I've got these dogs dragging me up into the mountains and I've got Tony Robbins yelling in my ear, you know, do your gratitude list now. Come on, do it while you're running. And I would, you know, thank you, God, for this massive wealth and abundance flowing freely to me now. And like I'm at the ocean and I'm earthing and, you know, all this stuff is happening. And then I woke up one day and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm rich. I'm healthy. I'm happy. Like, it all happened. It couldn't have happened had I laid on the sofa and dreamed about it. No one, no one's going to get rich or wealthy or happy by <clears throat> walking to the convenience store and buying a lottery ticket. We all know that. We've all seen the documentary, right? right? You know what happens to people that win the lottery. They wind up miserable. A lot of them kill themselves. A lot of them are even more broke and, and, and bankrupt two years later than they were before they started out. Um Somebody said to me, or not said to me, somebody was on Facebook the other day and said, if you won uh, the lottery and you won $20 million, what would you do? And I immediately just typed in, make smoothies. And then I hit enter and I'm like, oh God, maybe that sounds arrogant. And then I'm like, but it's true. If someone handed me a billion dollars today, what would I do tomorrow? I would go for a hike. I would jump in the ocean. Probably the same thing. I would make smoothies. Yeah, I mean... I'd probably like buy Stephanie a house or like buy my friends a car. Like I've got that insecure, needy, please like me thing still deep inside of me. So I'm going to do some crazy stuff when I'm super, super rich. And I love to share because it doesn't mean anything if you don't share it, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's, not, it's not fun like, you know, having money is cool for a moment, but unless you have somebody to share it with, it doesn't, it's not cool anymore. Oh, it, then you start to get weird with yeah. it. Yeah. So... This is my theory. So, um, you know, accepting vibrations from the earth is an amazing power. Mm -hmm. um, the microbiome, as you know, the earth, the soil holds, you know, crazy properties to it. That's why you have the, the, the semi-precious gemstones you yeah. know, in your the place of worship. Let's call it the place of worship. Yes. Um, they have so many amazing powers. You did not have an amazing upbringing. Your mother and your father were not high vibrational people. Right. You got cleansed. You got healed by probably the most divine mother and father out there. Yeah. You know. Mother and father earth. Yeah. Mother yeah. earth. She just wrapped you in her arms. She said, here, let me cleanse you from the water. Let me... Let me bathe you, you know. And the dogs. The I mean, dogs. They were like angels. I, yeah, exactly. I'm not a dog person. They were your wings. Yeah. So, I mean, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, you may have been kind of like under the rug when you were doing that stuff. Mm -hmm. But you were coming to fruition slowly but surely. Yeah. And that's why those people believed in you. And that's why they gave you responsibility. Even if they were little responsibilities. I mean, yeah, a dog might seem like a little responsibility. But they're not. They are huge responsibilities because they unconditionally give you the best gift possible. Yeah. And, it, and sometimes I look at, you know, the dogs are walking. I'm like, but I'm in a bad mood. Like, how are you still liking me? I know. Like, you I know? know. 
and or if like they're excited for dinner, you're like, just hold on, you know, yeah. and you're like, but they're not, they don't know, you know. Well, for me, I, I at that time I was working. 20 hours a day and I would do this overnight shift and I would fall asleep sitting up in this chair and then I would have to race from there to go walk Lou's dogs or, or Pietro's dogs or Cindy's dogs or whatever and I didn't have time to shower I didn't have time to brush my teeth I didn't have time and I, I was so insecure back then that I remember when I would go into Starbucks in the morning I would be like afraid to be near anyone because I was scared that I smelled or I was afraid to talk to anyone because I hadn't brushed my teeth yet or whatever and I would be so uptight and so fearful and then I would get to Lou's house and the dogs would hear me coming and they were they were giant labs right and when I would open that gate they would literally yeah. jump and they would knock me on the ground and they would lick me and lick me and lick me and lick me and, and they were so happy. And you know when they, dogs do that yes. weird like squealing sound because yeah. they're so excited to see yeah. you and they even like pee a little bit, uh. whatever. And I'm laying on the ground and this is going on. I, I had never felt that. I had never felt a being that excited to see me regardless of whether I had showered or brushed my teeth or whatever. And again, I'm not a dog person. And they would never neglect you. No, never. And if someone tried That's to hurt me, they would, they would fight to the death to protect me and... Like that was so magical that the that the earth that God that divine mother that Lakshmi whatever I don't we could get really weird yeah. with the religious stuff but whoever it was whatever it was the angels the the light beings how they arranged all of that so beautifully to heal this broken sad little boy it's just incredible. So do you believe that this was your eye opener to to fully heal? You know? I do. I mean, because I you do. were, you almost, as your book says, I forgot to die. Yeah. You know? No, I died. It's in the book. You died and came back. I did, yeah. You can read it in there. But, but, do you know what page it's on? Uh, I don't. Do you know what page it's on? I don't. Yeah, it was a really bad overdose, and they had to use the defibrillators to bring me back. Yeah. What did you, did you see anything? Uh, darkness. Yeah. I, I, it was an intentional <laughs> overdose. I killed myself, uh. So, no, there was no white light waiting for me. Okay, suicide is, it should never be an option. I know it is an option. It should never be an option. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know that when I do take my final breath in a, in a dignified, beautiful, natural way, that there will be love and there will be light and there will be angels waiting for me. If you take your own life, I think maybe you spend a little bit of time in darkness before you are blessed with grace to return to the earth or move on to the next realm, whatever that means. But I just, I don't think suicide is a wise choice for anyone. I think you just got to really, you know, tough it out, call some people, get honest about it. Um, and I and I committed suicide because of the most ridiculously idiotic reason, too. It was over a girl and it was over jealousy. But it was big to you at the time. It was huge. It was yeah. everything. It, it hurt. Then, she was abandoning me. Exactly. And that's that was the biggest dagger yeah. in your life yeah that was the grim reaper in your life yeah your whole life that's what i see is neglect yeah. um and and it's so beautiful because you know moving beyond that and the suicide um gosh wow you know you your mission right now is to not neglect anyone yeah you know it's to be there for everyone yeah help them give a fighting chance and that is the thing you know some people get very very low and they think, I can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. I can't do it anymore. I can't even 
vocalize anything and then they're not willing to even open up their mouth and say i'm sad you know i mean it sounds so corny to say i'm sad you know but but it is like i'm sad i need help you know i i feel whatever it may be when i think about chris cornell and anthony bourdain and 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 how about the millions of other faceless, nameless people that I don't know that weren't famous that that killed themselves. When I think about those people, and I know from personal experience that I could have taken them, held them by the hand, walked them down to the ocean, and got them to jump into the ocean, they would have changed their mind. There There is nothing, I don't care how bad of a mood you are in or how sad you are, how down you are, if you can go jump into an ice cold ocean or even if you're in the Midwest and there is no ocean and there is no lake and there is no pond, just go take an ice cold shower. Deal with it. Don't tell me that it hurts or whatever because killing yourself is going to hurt a lot more and hurt a lot of, of people around you a lot more. Go take an ice cold shower for 10 minutes or go jump in the ocean for 10 minutes and keep your hands out of, you know, if it's like December, January, whatever, keep your hands out because that's like a little trick you can do with your body to where you won't be as cold. But if you can get into extreme cold, it's going to knock you out of that depression. If you can go and help someone who's worse off than you, it's going to take you out of that depression. If you can get yourself to a church or a temple or a mosque or whatever, it's going to help to take you out of that depression. But those people in that moment with their knee-jerk reactions to whatever was going on in their life, for them to do that, it just, it, it, I get it because I've been there, but it, it makes me so sad because they could have done so many things to, to not do that. There's a lot of options out there if you're hurting. Look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I'm not anything. If you want to kill yourself, call Suicide Hotline. After you get off the phone with Suicide Hotline and the professionals are done helping you, go jump in the ocean. Yeah. Go go exercise. Change your diet up. You know, there are solutions. And in a real pinch, because I've been there, um, there is also medical intervention. Mm-hmm. You know, there were periods of time in my life where I had to go on Wellbutrin. I had to go on Lexapro. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ever be on those drugs again, mm-hmm. and I'm not on those drugs now. But there was a period of time in my life where I w- if I wouldn't have been on those drugs, I would have killed myself. So there's always a solution. There's always an answer. Mm-hmm. Always. I've been uh, actually, um, it's very interesting because, um, you know, I'm a pretty clean being when it comes to my diet and my workout regimen, um, almost to the point where I get teased. And it is kind of hard because mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I have my schedule that I do. And it's fine. If you want to hang out with me, great. Enjoy it on, in on the fun. But if you don't, then don't bash it. But there are times, like, I'm very sensitive to certain things like environmental toxins. You know, I do break out in hives mm-hmm. and rashes and all that jazz. And, um, you know, I've, I've got, last year was a pretty tough year. I got really infected with mold. Mm. And our, that's also why I'm looking for a new place because our place had a remediation, but I still feel like there's some stuff there. I yeah. can feel it. And, um, and it really took me down. And it really messes with your neurotransmitters. My dare, uh, dopamine serotonin levels were off. They're just crazy. And my um, oxy... Um, Oxytocin? No, um, my oxalate levels were oh. crazy, too. Oh. So I just, I couldn't move. Yeah. And my joints. And so I, I was very depressed. And it was hard. Um, I started to get into cryotherapy. Yeah. The non-nitrogen-based. Yeah. 
I do it literally like every day. Yeah. So I have Next Health. No, I go to U.S. Cryotherapy. Oh, okay. They're amazing. I go, to, I go to Next Health, and they have the non-nitrogen. I didn't know there was another place aside from Next Health. Uh, yes, uh, U.S. Cryotherapy here in Redondo Beach. Amazing. They actually, I think, have one in um, Studio City. Okay. But I actually had the CEO on the podcast. He explained the whole process, the difference it's between incredible. the nitrogen. It's amazing. Yeah. It it. And if anyone's listening about the U.S. cryotherapy or the cryotherapy, non-nitrogen is your key to go, but it it jumpstarts your central nervous system. Yeah. It's like dropping the baby on their bottom. You yep. Know, bing! Yeah. Um, you know, and it helps your depression levels. It's the same thing as like the ice cold Immediately. Bath. Immediately. She's seen me go like just dragging ass and, and by she I'm pointing at my assistant, my amazing assistant, Stephanie, but... I've gone over and done the. Have you done the red light bed as well? Not not far infrared, but the the, the light stem. Uh, I think so, with the red and blue lights, and you lay inside the bed. It's like a two hundred thousand dollar bed. I haven't done the bed. Oh. I I did a one that was laid with jade. No, no, no. That's no. a biomat. No, no, no. This is this is literally a two hundred thousand dollar bed from Europe. They have them at Next Health. I'm gonna have you at Next Health. I need to. I'm do gonna this. bring you to Next Health, and I'm gonna have you experience their non nitrogen. Um, uh, cryo, chamber? cryo chamber, yeah, where you go in your mm-hmm. whole, yeah, and then they have these beds that you lay on for 25 minutes that penetrate your body with far and near infrared light, mm-hmm. and I mean, you want to talk about like shifting your mood, like it is, it is incredible, and I actually like bring in my my headphones, my mm-hmm. like uh, Beats or whatever over the ear headphones with noise canceling, and then I have my phone, and I'll put on my binaural Beats from Holosync. And so I'll do an actual meditation while doing the red light on me and then jump out, then jump in the cryo. You feel like Superman or Superwoman How once you're done. How often do you do this? They're right across the hall from me, so I, oh, I go there every day. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I'm, I'm in love with them. They're all like, everyone that works there is beautiful and amazing and loving. And yeah, the guy that owns it, uh, Darshan, and then there's another guy named Kevin. They're just amazing, amazing people. Isn't it amazing? So you went from like the darkest dark to like the lightest light. Yeah. You know, everything like you're about holistic recovery now. Yeah. Which I'm, I just, I completely love and I completely agree with. And, um, like beyond that, cause you were not like this, but how did you, you started with the recovery center. Yeah. Then you started with yoga, correct? No, I did. I started Riviera recovery in 2007 well, I, I, are we talking about money here? How did I go from being penniless to being? Well, okay. So <laughs> recovery. What's well, the What's the real question? I want to I want to see how you got to motivated to get to the point to open up Sun Life. You know, um, obviously you needed some income there, but did did you? I mean, you recovery was on your mind first and foremost. Recovery was on my mind first and foremost, but one thing that I discovered about recovery is most people that go to treatment centers or, or halfway houses or sober livings or whatever don't want to be sober. Hmm. I mean, that's why there's such a low success rate. It's not that these centers are awful. It's that people just want the law off their back. They want their spouses off their back. They want their parents to get off their back. Um, it's A lot of people don't want to change. People want their toys back. People want someone to commiserate with. People want someone to hear their sad story, but they don't necessarily want to change. You know, sobering up, getting off drugs and alcohol, losing your coping mechanisms, 
having to learn how to go and chop wood and carry water and get a job and support yourself. and all, That is not something any drug addict wants to hear about. Mm -hmm. They want, like, where can I get more drugs? Mm -hmm. How can I do drugs without all these people bothering me and trying to tell me I need to stop? Like, they don't want to hear about, like, working hard and whatever. So what ended up happening in owning Riviera Recovery was I got taken advantage of so many different times. And I'm not, this isn't a woe is me. I was getting paid a massive amount of money to help people as well. But how do you feel when some poor parent is giving you a check for $10,000 and you know damn well that their son or daughter has zero interest in being clean and sober? I couldn't do it. I could not. I'm a businessman. I love money. You know, I want to have nice things. But those parents would mail me those checks or hand me those checks and half the people that were in there were... I could hear them talking when they're out on the patio smoking. Like, as soon as I get out of here, I'm going to go get high. I couldn't do it. It, it, it ate me alive. Now, a logical, well-grounded, non... I'm incredibly codependent. Someone who is not can run the same business and say, listen, some people are going to want help. Some people aren't. It's none of your business. You do your job and you mm. serve them all equally to the best of your ability and you hope and you pray that some of them get it, right? Mm -hmm. I couldn't do that. I was so emotionally so attached yeah. and codependent and desperately wanting their outcomes to be amazing because I wanted people to like me. I wanted people to look at me as a hero. I wanted people to see me as someone that was helping people. So Sun Life came out of necessity. I wanted it to be less around toxic people and people that didn't want help. It's and a I, balance. And I wanted to be more around people that wanted help and wanted to get healthy. And the difference is the, the contrast was so stark that once we opened our doors at Sun Life Organics in 2011 and there was a line out the door for people who wanted to get healthy, I couldn't do the Riviera Recovery anymore. And, uh, and I sold it to an amazing man who took it over and runs it 10 times better than I ever could and helps way more people than I ever could. But more importantly, I found a place that became the living room of our community. Mm -hmm. We're now becoming the living room in each community that we're in, right? Um, but at that time when there was one location, Sun Life Organics literally became the living room of our community and everyone would get together all with the common goal of nourishing themselves, nurturing themselves, meeting amazing people, and spending time in a place that, you know, had beautiful words on the wall and beautiful crystals everywhere and, you know, awesome people hanging out there, great employees working behind the counter. And the people behind the counter at every Sun Life Organics, going back to what I initially said about be careful who's preparing your food, if you go into any Sun Life Organics and you look at those kids and those people and those young adults as they're working, they're all laughing. Yes. They're all happy. They're all laughing. Some They're are all, dancing. Some are dancing and high-fiving and I walk in and they cheer and like <laughs> it's the most incredible thing ever. So you're eating that energy. Yes. You're eating that energy. And that's exactly what you needed in life because you're Desperately. such a you're such a magnet of energy yes. energetic frequencies that I believe the recovery center. Yes, it's so amazing that you started a place like that. But you being around that toxic atmosphere that was your comfort zone, being a child, and you got you had to get out, you had to cut those cords. Yeah. So hands down, amazing Thank you. to start. So 2007 Riviera Recovery, 2011 Sun Life Organics, 2014 uh, Malibu. Malibu Beach Yoga, 2016 uh, I started writing I Forgot to Die, 
And here we are in 2018, and we've got eight locations, uh, two more opening over the next two months. Who are those? Pacific Palisades and Palo Alto. Nice. Up in up in Northern nice. California. Is that yeah. your first one in Northern California? It is, it is. And then after that we're doing Austin, Texas. Yay! Yeah, we're doing Scottsdale, Arizona. Um you do Kansas City. Kansas City. That's where I'm from. Oh really? Yeah. Oh my god, I love Kansas City. Kansas City, Kansas. Well, the Kansas side, but I'm kind of like on the border. Okay. okay. I can help you out when you're ready. Okay, good, good. Um yeah, we're we're about to triple in size. So we'll have ten wow. stores open in the next two months and then over the next three years we're set to do 10 more stores in the state of california with rick our amazing partner and then we're doing um 12 to 15 stores in the state of texas austin dallas and houston with our amazing new partners uh charles atal and houston street and jesse herman i remembered all their names um so yeah we're doing we're doing a bunch of stores in texas so as a an entrepreneur myself, I love starting things. I love seeing potential in things. But my hardest part of the logistic side is I'm such a creative. Mm-hmm. You know, give me a canvas, I'll throw something on there. Mm-hmm. But how to make it grow, that's my hardest part. You know, Well, that, have, that's where Haley came in. I'm not the so, person that's going to grow anything. I don't know how to do anything. I still don't know how to do anything. How did you meet Haley? I met Haley working at a smoothie shop. Wow. Yeah, and... It turned out that we had known each other from when she was a little, little kid. She was a freshman in college at that time, but I knew her older sister. Do you have curly hair? No. Blonde hair. No, blonde, blonde hair. straight hair. Okay. Well, is it curly? It's not blonde. It's not blonde? It's brown. It's a light brown. Light brown. Okay. Well, anyway, um, she's going to beat me up if she hears me. <laughs> Spent 10 years dating her, and I don't know the color of her hair. I don't know. I see it as blonde, but I guess... Um, Blondish brown. Um, I met her. She was working in a smoothie shop, and she was working at Juicy Couture, the clothing store. She was working two jobs, and she was going to Santa Monica City College, and she was maintaining a 4.0, and I was, like, working at a rehab, smoking cigarettes still, and just kind of, still kind of a loser, four years sober, and um, we became really good friends. We bonded over music and and smoothies, and, um, and then eventually we started traveling, but... So I'm the creative person, just like you're saying, right? Like yourself. Mm-hmm. But I have no follow through. I don't, I don't even know how to follow through. I just create, right? She's the opposite. Not that she's not creative because she is, but she is a closer. She's a finisher. That's what that girl does. Like we were fighting when we, when we first started the process of, of, you know, trying to open Sun Life Organics. I was like, you have to quit college. You have to, you know, you, you can't, this is so stupid. What's a degree in, in communications going to do? It had nothing to do with what her degree was in. It had nothing to do with anything. She was going to finish no matter what. And no one was going to stop her. And not only did she finish, she ended up transferring from Santa Monica City College to UCLA. Mm. She ended up graduating magna cum laude mm. from UCLA. Cool. Yeah, so... She's a closer. She always has a plan. And a, fi- and a finisher, and I'm a creator. So I would come up with the idea to open Riviera Recovery. She would go and help me go through the certification process and get the house ready and everything else. I wanted, I wanted to do Sun Life Organics. She went to the city of Malibu, got the permits, hired an architect, hired a general contractor. She's a brilliant businesswoman that doesn't need any credit. 
And I was the creative, needy, insecure entrepreneur that wanted everyone to notice me and but like I'm me. Okay. And, yeah. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. So wow. you got to, you got to, you have to partner up with someone, you know, find someone that has the qualities that you lack. Yeah. And and give them your amazing qualities. So there's nothing wrong with not being a finisher or a closer. There's nothing wrong with being a creative type. The problem is there's so many of us creative types out there with all these million dollar ideas and we're never going to go anywhere because we're not finishers. Mm -hmm. But then let's flip it around. What if I wouldn't have started dating Haley? She would have continued working at Juicy Couture and the smoothie shop where she was working at. And she would have graduated, graduated with a degree in communications, and then what? She would have to go get some boring, mundane job that she wouldn't have liked and maybe commute three hours every day back and forth and sit in a cubicle in front of a computer. But instead, she met this crazy, lunatic, ex-drug addict, super creative type, and we built this amazing brand together. And now she has this incredible life. So... It's, it's really about the closers and the finishers need to hook up with the creative types and the creative types need to hook up with the closer. And I'm not saying you have to date them. I'm just saying that's how we, that's how we, um, really connected. Yeah. That's how we connected. We, we really needed, I needed a mom. She needed a dad. I needed to grow up. She needed to, uh, become a kid. That's not how it works sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I was a kid. I taught her how to be a kid. I was like, quit your jobs immediately. I'm going to pay for everything. You know? Risk, risk. Yeah. Can I ask, what's your sign? Libra. Okay, what's her sign? Taurus. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And so we, you, but you like balance. We balanced each other out. She but made she me grow fun. up. She yeah. would constantly, don't talk like that in front of people. Don't do this. Don't do that. Stop sharing all your information with everybody. Like she was so prudent and so grounded and I'm so the opposite. She's a bull. She's a bull. And, uh, and she's also a dragon in Chinese astrology. Mm. Wait, so what did you know your other signs? I'm a, I'm a rooster. I'm a cock. I'm, I'm a fucking loud. Oops, sorry. Do, <laughs> I'm a loud, like. Do you know, but do you know your rising sign and your. Gemini. What about your moon? Virgo. Ooh. Yeah. So I am Virgo by birth, I guess you could say. And I'm Taurus, Sun, and. No. What am I, Taurus, Sun? I think I'm Taurus Sun and Gemini Moon. Okay. So yeah, that's where we kind of like meet yeah, yeah. our moons. Yeah, because that's I hear you have a lot of your moon sign yeah. in you too. So that's where I could see the perfectionism. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where I get like kind of like crazy like ah Gemini like ah, I'm happy and then I'm like you're so annoying or something. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, I am. I am incredibly challenging to deal with, but she has the patience of a grown tree. And Are you still with Haley? No, no. We broke up after nine years, but we're best friends. And business I mean, partner still. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. She's the, she's the little mogul behind the. She's the one like doing all the real hard work. She would argue with that because she's heard me say that before. She's like, you do your real hard work, and I do my real hard work. But I don't know. I don't. She does the stuff that I can't do, and I do the stuff that she can't do. And we we had a meeting. We had a meeting two years ago with a landlord. I won't say where, and I won't mention any names, but we had a meeting with the landlord for this spot that we so desperately wanted. We would have done anything to get this spot. And I should have forewarned her, but I was so caught up, and we were arguing about stuff at the time. But she showed up at the meeting, and this landlord walked in, and he was in his 
early 70s, he was dressed from head to toe like a eight-year-old Japanese girl. He had different colored nail polish on each nail. He had the glitter on. He had the purple wig on. Um, and then there was the other landlord who was this like older, you know, traditional landlord in his 70s, very conservative. The contrast between the two of them couldn't have been any, any greater. And I sort of stuck with the conservative you know, landlord, because I had met with them once before, and I stuck Haley with the very eccentric cross-dressing, I don't know if that's the politically correct term for it, but the man that dressed like a little girl. I stuck Haley with him, her, whatever, and um, I could see out of the corner of my eye as I was talking numbers and figures with the conservative landlord, that the non-conservative landlord was like lifting his skirt up and showing her tattoos on the inside of his, her leg or whatever. She balanced him out. Anyway, we, we left the meeting because I had to get to the airport. We walked outside um, and she looked at me and she like literally wiped sweat off her forehead and she goes... Now I understand what you do, and let's just say you deserve a purple heart. <laughs> She's like, do not ever invite me to one of these meetings oh again. God. And she went off her way, and I went off my way. That's a type of insanity that goes on in the world of being an entrepreneur and trying to get different locations. We ultimately didn't end up getting that location, which broke both of our hearts, but it wasn't for me not trying. But the thing is, you never know. They may come around and ask you someday. They may. They may. I mean, my, my, yeah, my plan is on getting so big and becoming so great at what we do that no one will be able to ignore us. Love it. I love it. Thank you. I love that confidence. Thank you. Because I know I'm aware, you know, just by looking at these photos of you that you were so numb. You were so numb. You had no confidence. You couldn't even look at yourself in the mirror and to have that confidence. I don't think it's arrogant. I think it's it's power within yourself. It's your fuel. Yeah. And that's what more people need to do. They they need to not say like, you know, <laughs> someone mentioned to me because I, I did an interview with someone and he's like, I love being happy and da da da. And then someone asked me, how can you be happy all the time? Like, and it's like, well, do you always have to find a negative in something in something yeah. in life? No. It's yeah. like, do you always have to say like, I. You know, or shame yourself and say, like, no, I'm, I'm not that successful. No. Right. Effing say, yeah. I'm a success. I am a super, you know, like, yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very successful and I am Love happy it. and happiness is a choice. And um, I don't allow myself to say things like, oh, I can't afford that. I, I don't. I, you'll never hear me say that. I never, even when I was poor I never would allow myself to say that because if you say I can't afford that you can't yeah exactly. I don't I don't allow myself you know people ask me about 50 times a day how I'm doing my answer is always amazing on my worst days my answer is always amazing and there's a multitude of reasons obvious reasons why I'm saying that positive reinforcement the power of suggestion you create what you put out there But then let's just get real basic and simple about it. One of these days, you know, I spent half my life looking in the mirror and thinking I hate myself and I want to die. And now I've spent the second half of my life looking in the mirror going, you're doing a good job. You're helping people. I'm proud of you. You know, blah, blah, blah. One of these days, I'm going to look in the mirror and I'm going to see ashes. Meaning, I'll be dead. 
one of these days, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, whenever that happens, one of these days I'm going to look in the mirror and I'm going to see ashes. Can we just say your ashes are going to combust into a diamond? I like that. That's a better analogy. But this physical being, someday, maybe soon, will no longer be, right? Mm -hmm. So until that day comes, if you ask me how I'm doing, the answer is amazing. Because if I am not ashes, if I am out doing podcasts and paying my assistant to go to the beach with me, um, <laughs> I am doing amazing. <laughs> no matter what challenges I may face today, tomorrow, or yesterday, I am doing amazing. And one day, I will be ashes, and I won't be doing so amazing, or I won't be having such a sparkling day, so my answer won't be amazing. But until that day comes, I'm doing amazing. Cool. A couple of other questions is I could talk forever and ever and ever um, we already kind of tapped on like how you, how you started Sun Life. Um, but I want to, I want to ask you, you know, you started Sun Life, you started with how many juices? You started with juices, you started with smoothies, you started with the Both. whole menu. Both. No, 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 not the whole menu. No, no, no. We start. we didn't have shelves. We didn't have a table. We ran out of money. That's how you do it. Yeah, we started We started with like four or five juices. We started with like four or five smoothies and like an acai bowl. That's how we started. And what was your mission through this? I know it's just to make people healthier, raise their vibrations, but what is what was your underlying mission for this? My underlying mission was to get people to experience the incredible physical, mental, and spiritual transformation that took place within myself. So you were basically feeding them with your transformation. I was, yeah. I, I had to sneak attack, you know, because you can't come at people with spirituality. You can't yeah. come at people with like, you know, this is going to fundamentally change who you are by drinking this smoothie every day. I would have freaked people out had I said that. What I did instead was I gave it to them and then I sat back and I watched and I waited. And I don't, I, I think about this guy Peter every day probably because I keep running into him every day and I was just on his podcast. But like, I remember when this guy first came in and he just looked so tired and so beat up and knew nothing about nutrition and all he did was work and he said, I wanna be healthy like you. And I said, great, let's start with the basics. And, uh, and we did. And now, Peter in his, he's gotta be early, I would imagine early 60s, um, although he's got the body of someone in their mid to late 20s, now Peter looks better than I do and is in better shape than I am. And there's nothing cooler. There's nothing cooler to have. I remember that dude seven and a half years ago walking in and saying, I want to be healthy like you. What do I do? And here we are. I just saw him and his wife and his brother in the park at Cross Creek. And I was looking at him from the side. And he's got this like super thin, you know, waist with abs and his shoulders are capped. And he's just, he's looking so good. And I walked up, I'm just like, wow, man, you look amazing. And he's like telling me how they went to the beach and they did deadlifts on the beach uh, with Malibu CrossFit. And then they ran two miles up the beach after the deadlifts. And then they body surfed all the way back down to where they were deadlifting. That was their Only morning. I know that was their morning workout. And I'm just like, I'm thinking, I remember this dude walking in seven and a half years ago looking bloated and tired and unhealthy, and now to see that. So that was the mission. Peter is the prime example. Uh, example. Um, why can't I think of Peter's last name? Peter? 
Oh, yeah. Boom. I yeah, love that. That's why we love Stephanie. Yeah. yeah, Peter Hernandez. He's this, like, super powerful CEO of some company. Cool. Uh, I think Douglas Elman is the name of it. Um, but this dude Gold is... State. He's the He's the man. He's, like, he's the symbol of what I wanted to accomplish. And had I tried to pile a bunch of stuff onto Peter and a bunch of fancy terminologies, or had I been a doctor, or had I been a coach, or a nutritionist, or whatever... I don't think it would have had the same effect, but because I was just a regular dude that went from that hopeless state of despair to where I was at that point, which was pretty healthy and happy, he listened. Mm -hmm. So that was that was the jam. That was our jam. That's what we wanted to do. We wanted to make people healthy and we wanted to have a meeting place. Did I think seven and a half years later we would be doing twelve million dollars a year in sales? Not not in a million years. I just wanted some green juice. Exactly. I just wanted to serve a hundred customers a day. That was our goal. Keep that as your mission. Thank you. You will thrive. Thank you. Um, two more questions. Yeah. Do you feel Do you feel love in your life? Of course, of course. Yeah. What, what's the best source of that? The best source of love in my life is from God and from myself. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you take those out, then you can't really access it from other people. If you don't love yourself, no one else is going to love you. So love God first. And then, you know, above all else, and then love yourself and then love other people the way that you would want to be loved. I want, I want people to be nice to me. I want people to joke around with me. I want people to be generous with me. So it's my job then to go and lead by example and be the change in the world that I want to see. I can go nuts and, you know, not my president and spray paint stuff on my car. We were on our way here and I saw someone spray painted their car comparing Trump to Hitler and this and that. What? What, what is that going to do? What is that going to do? Do you really want to bring more hatred about? No. Or, or do you want to go silently and anonymously donate money to poor people or go work in a, in a soup kitchen or go to the local animal shelter and bring some old blankets and towels that you're not using anymore? Or go, just go do something. Go be the example. You know, b before this whole Trump thing happened, all of us liberals were screaming about how, you know, we need to be the change in the world that we want to see. And then Thank the moment... You. The moment he gets elected, we all got amnesia, and we just want to hate, 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 hate. Hate begets hate. Violence begets violence. Love and acceptance begets love and acceptance. I completely agree. I, I completely agree, a, a thousand percent. And I think, you know, even a simple smile to a stranger. You know, I'm, I'm that person that runs on the strand and what, like 5.30 in the morning, and, yeah. you know, people with their eyes half open, and I'm the, good morning, good morning to everyone I passed. Some people are like, oh, that's a strange person, but I know that they took it. Yeah. And were, Someone acknowledged me, and that's all anyone needs is And you never know, you never know what's going, on. what's going on with somebody, and especially somebody like you, young and radiant and beautiful, and I mean this in a respectful way, yeah. but if someone like you, if I'm really, really hurting, and you say good morning to me or you smile at me, that could that could change, that could alter the course of my life. Exactly. Right? Because I could take that confidence and be like, oh my God, she smiled at me. And then I walk out and, you know, I've been Someone feeling. Someone saw me. Yeah. Someone saw me. Yeah. I exist. Yeah. I love and it. I, I have a purpose. I love it. And a little disclaimer, I'm not promoting Trump or defending Trump. I'm saying to everyone out there, stop hating what, you know, start loving. Yeah, start loving. Stop, yeah, stop, <laughs> stop saying not my president. Yes, he is. 
Yeah. We cannot poke holes in our own boat. That dude is our president, and we're going to have to deal with it for the next couple of years until we can vote him out of office. So in the meantime, go home and hug your kids, right? You want you want to get even with Trump? You want to change the world? Go home and hug your kids. Go home and love your kids. Smile at a stranger. Say good morning to a stranger. Go donate money anonymously to a cause and don't tell anybody about it. Pick up the piece of trash that's on the ground, you know? That, that's it. It's basic fundamental stuff like that. Well, and as we were talking about before, life happens on the path that it should happen. And things happen in order to create cleanses. You know, the Ice Age happened for a reason. For sure. You know, Earth gets angry. It wants you, to clear paths with forest fires to and, clean the land. And you, know? you love, and you know, we all love Bill Clinton. Well, Bush gave we us. Didn't. Well, but I mean. <laughs> I'm saying he is revered exactly. he is revered as this amazing man, right? Well, Bush gave us him. We all loved Obama, right? Well, Bush gave us Obama. Like in other words, there's a pendulum that swings yeah. both ways. And at the end of the day, I don't trust any of them. But that's just me. I won't get into politics, but I will get into I'm our just, last question. I'm dancing around the edge of it. Oh gosh, <laughs> I could jump in. So I we know. won't get this okay. we won't get this dog in. Okay. Um but we have our last question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Because I could talk forever, but let's keep it interesting. All right. So what is your honest truth that has led you on a path to success in maintaining a healthy lifestyle? What is your honest truth? It can be anything. That, that I'll tell you exactly what it is. That everything going on in my life right now, good or bad, is 100% my responsibility. That's my honest truth. And that is what has brought me all of this. The good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all me. God created us, and God gave us free will. And that's it. And what is God's will for me, and what is God's will for other people, in my opinion? To live a happy, meaningful, fulfilling life, to be kind to other people, and to be grateful for the life that we've been given. That's my truth. I love it. Thank you. Khalil. Turn, turn that thing off. Let's talk politics. Yeah, let's talk <laughs> Guys, we're going to cut you off now because we get to talk politics <laughs> and drink juice. But Khalil, thank you so thank much. You. I am. I literally could talk forever, but we got to cut it we'll off. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. We'll have you on and talk about like the, the stories that are coming along, what yeah. people have been the coming The new book. In. The new book. Yeah. Yes, we'll have you on with the new book. Cool. Guys, Go to Amazon, right? Yeah, you can go to Amazon. It's on Audible. It's on Amazon, and uh, it's available in every Sun Life store. It's called I Forgot to Die, and uh, I can't wait to dive into this. I'm I, so excited seriously, to give it to you. I have like 10 books by my bedside table. It's really bad. But, guys, I'm going to have all of Khalil's information in the show notes for you. Um, we're going to also put where the locations of his Sun Life stores are so you can pick up um, – Juice, a smoothie, an acai bowl. Uh, what is it? The green goddess. The green goddess. Mm, How about yeah. the matcha goddess? The matcha goddess. That one's mint. Yeah. Oh, the matcha goddess. Yeah, I love the matcha goddess. Um, or or the ice matcha latte, which is vegan. Or I'll tell you my favorite. I'll, in the show notes, I'll tell you my favorite uh, morning juice cleanser that I made up one day. Love Just it. Just saying. But guys, you can follow us. Um, I'm on Instagram. He's on Instagram. We'll have everything in the show notes. Um, join us every Monday. App Store. 
go to it, download Just Being Honest. That's being without a G because we're street like that. <laughs> um, and again, we're so grateful for you, Khalil, and you. for all of our audience and listeners out there and that have been rating us and giving us five stars. Y'all are amazing. And we hope that this podcast gave you a little more inspiration to just be you. And, you know, know that you always have an opportunity to change. And change can be a very scary thing, but know that you have a ton of supporters behind you, like me and Khalil and Stephanie. Yeah. So if you guys need anything, please reach out, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Until then, it's been a pleasure. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug. Ciao.